Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Fold, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Thursday, June 23rd, 2022 in the Gregorian calendar and the 24th of Sivan, 5782 in the Hebrew calendar. Stick around for the end of the show because we have a special report today on tourism in Israel and we've got lots of facts, figures, and numbers for you. Now, let's get to the news. The Israel Teachers Union is holding its second consecutive full-day strike today across elementary and middle schools in Israel. If you remember from Tuesday's report, the union was previously striking from 8 to 10 in the morning, but now they are getting more aggressive, refusing to go to work for the entire day. Yesterday, Finance Minister Avigdor Lieberman announced the government will be funding summer school activities for kindergartens and elementary schools so parents don't need to worry about their children missing out. However, that did not sit well with the union, which denounced the ministry for putting money towards summer school instead of for better wages for teachers. Union heads say they've been in talks with the finance ministry for six months without getting one single concrete proposal. In an opinion piece for the Jerusalem Post, Lola Edry, an elementary school teacher here in Israel, says she is quitting her teaching position and it's not even because of the low wages. She writes that the role feels like a babysitter or policeman rather than a teacher and that that is what ultimately drove her out of the school system. She says, quote, my problem is school protocols, which do the opposite of education. Unless these facts of the job change, no pay hike can make me stay, end quote. Well, I think we're going to reach out to Ms. Edry and some other school teachers and see if we can get some insights on what is going on. I myself don't have any children in the school system here, so I can't tell you firsthand. So we'll have to ask around and find out what is the environment like for teachers right now that not even a pay hike could keep them in the classroom. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett formally dissolved his coalition Monday, and in just these past three days, there have been many developments in the Knesset proceedings. November 1st looks like it's going to be the date for the next government election, that is, unless the opposition can gain the support of a majority of members in the Knesset before the dissolution bill passes through legislation, which could happen as early as Monday. At the same time, another contested bill sits on the table. If passed, would ban a lawmaker charged with a serious crime from becoming prime minister. This isn't a new bill. We've been talking about this on the show for a while. Many say that it is targeting current opposition leader and former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who is going through a trial right now for charges of fraud, bribery, and breach of trust. However, Bennett says that he will vote against the bill, writing in a tweet, 
While we've seen that there is a heavy price for a criminal defendant serving as prime minister, those who should have the final word are Israel's citizens. Certainly on the eve of an election, there is no place for changing the rules of the game. And quote, if this bill does not go through, Israel could see another government led by Benjamin Netanyahu, who has already served 15 years as prime minister. Interior Minister Ayelet Shaked said yesterday she'd be open to joining a government led by Netanyahu. However, other ministers say they would refuse to work with him. And that's the reason why he wasn't able to pull together a coalition in the past, because Knesset members have said they don't want to work with him. Chances of Shaked aiding in the fight to create a new government with Bibi before it officially dissolves are low as she would need to step down as interior minister and jump back into a Knesset seat. We will continue to keep you updated as these governmental decisions are made. Israeli police have arrested the Israeli settler from the West Bank they believe was involved in stabbing a Palestinian man to death. The man is in his 40s and was arrested yesterday as an accomplice for the murder. The perpetrator has not yet been identified himself. The incident took place after a fight with Israeli settlers in the West Bank, that's according to Palestinian Authority Health Ministry, and an Israeli human rights group. Israel police in the West Bank say it launched an investigation into the stabbing. Police report that the man killed was 22-year-old Ali Hassan Harb. A cousin who was present at the event says Harb was stabbed by a settler after confronting them about setting up tents on his private land. And now for a brief announcement before we get to some fun stories. If you are getting caught up on your Israel Daily News, we'd like you to consider sending over a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News slash support. The financial support we get from subscribers helps us maintain our show and it helps us continue to grow and try to reach new audiences. Subscribers will get a handwritten thank you note and a little poem that I write myself to let you know how thrilled we are to have your support. Big thank you goes out to Marianne Vollinger, who is working on helping me get the funds to set up a new and professional studio for the Israel Daily News podcast. Thank you so much for believing in this dream. And thank you to every listener for your interest in Israeli affairs. Israeli politics are world politics. We have one link in the show notes which you can click on and that'll take you to the page where you too can make a contribution and feel good knowing that you're supporting independent journalism. So check that out at israeldaily.news. You can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Two, you can share the show with a friend and three, you can follow us on Facebook at israeldaily.news as well as Shanna Fold. My name has two N's in it and I'm very sensitive about that. You can also find us on Twitter at Israel Podcast. An Ethiopian man reunites with his children 20 years after making Aliyah to Israel. Making Aliyah means coming up to the land of Israel, returning to the land of Israel for the Jews. The father, Yahalem Tadasa, moved to Israel in 2002 and was promised he'd soon be able to bring his two children with him, but that never ended up happening. The children, who are now 28 and 30 years old, were granted permission to immigrate after years of waiting for the paperwork to go through. The family embraced and cried when they finally reunited at the airport. This is in large part due to the efforts of Immigration Minister Panina Tamano Shata. 
the first ever Ethiopian-born woman to work in the Knesset, or Israel's parliament, as we call it in English. She appealed to Interior Minister Arye Derry to ask for the man's children to finally be able to immigrate. The request was made two and a half years ago. Tamano Shata says, quote, When he made Aliyah in 2002, he was promised that his children would come too. It's extremely unfortunate that Mr. Yahalemta Tadasa and his children are put through this terrible suffering for their wish to return to Zion. End quote. Tadasa says, quote, This is a dream come true. I can't believe I'm seeing my children after 20 years. A years long battle for the right to see my children has come to an end. End quote. In the next few months, 3,000 new Jewish Ethiopian immigrants will make Aliyah, as it is called, or return to the land of Israel as part of Operation Sur Israel. 2,000 have already made the move out of Ethiopia and into Israel. Tadasa says he and his family have been up all night crying and laughing, trying to make up for missed time throughout the years. And now for a special report on tourism, researched and produced by our news intern, Carly Brechner. If you live here in Israel, you may be having a culture shock after having spent more than two years with just Israeli citizens. The COVID-19 pandemic has kept foreigners out of this country, and now that restrictions have been lifted, the Holy Land is filled with tourists. For our intern Carly, the high number of visitors here was something she started to notice while still at home in Philadelphia. The organizer conducting the Birthright Israel trip that she attended emailed her saying, due to a severe shortage of available seats, the travel agency arranging flights is not able to arrange flight extensions for those interested in staying in the country after the tour. She spent hours on the phone with El Al, that's the airline company, trying to move her flight to accommodate her stay through July, begging the airline to help her, but the company said the difficulties were coming from an unprecedented number of passengers traveling to and from Israel. There are approximately 2 million incoming tourists this year, according to AI Monitor. But get this, the number is still far less than the all-time high of 4.5 million visitors in 2019 and a massive rebound from 2020 in which only 830,000 visitors came to Israel. Israel has not seen this many visitors since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic over two years ago. The country reopened to fully vaccinated tourists in January 2022 and all foreign tourists two months later in March of this year. The government also removed the COVID-19 travel testing policy this May, making it easier for tourists to enter. We spoke with Consul Tourism Commissioner to North America, Eyal Carlin, to hear his views on the sudden reopening and rise in tourism. We've gradually loosened most of the restrictions and it's looking good. It's not, you know, it's, it, it changes from region to region. So from Asia, obviously, tourism to Israel is very slow, but from uh, Europe and especially from the U.S., uh, we're seeing um, a kind of return to 2019 numbers. So in, uh, in May of May, we were at like 95% of what we were in May of 2019. That's very encouraging. Tourism is a major source of Israel's income toward its global domestic product, or GDP, as you might know it. In 2019, it contributed more than 23 billion shekels to Israel's economy. One sector specifically impacted by tourism is the hotel industry. At the moment, not all hotels have returned to full operation, 
due to staff shortages. Well, the impact is pretty clear. It's a, it's a, it creates a problem in supply and in service providing. Uh, what is being done is an attempt to uh, get more people into these industries. So with the hotel industry and the hospitality, the government just uh, approved uh, last week to expand the work visas granted to foreign employees coming into Israel to work in the hospitality industry. Specifically, there were larger quotas for um, workers coming in from the Philippines and from Jordan. And while the tourism industry says the Israeli market is a free one, the country is focused on easing costs by adding competition. According to the department spokesperson, the government is reducing the red tape and bureaucratic challenges for business owners who want to build new hotels and convert existing buildings into hotels, which would boost up the supply. Currently, the demand for hotels outstrip what they can supply. In Tel Aviv, a night's stay at the 4.4-star Hilton Hotel will cost you 1,486 shekels for a standard double room. That's 431 U.S. dollars. For a three-star business, you can stay at the CNET Hotel for 700 shekels a night, which is $203. It's about the same over inland in Jerusalem. The Mamila Hotel, which is supposed to be one of the city's finest with a five-star rating, is just around that same price. For a cheaper room in the Holy City, for a cheaper room in the Holy City, you're looking at a three-star Jerusalem Gardens hotel for 500 shekels a night or about 145 U.S. dollars. Down in a lot, one of the hottest hotels on the sea will cost you around 1,000 shekels a night or 290 U.S. dollars. But keep in mind, you have to book this 4.4-star hotel for a minimum of four nights if you want it. We called up the general manager of Elat's Yamsuf Hotel. It's a highly popular spot in the little touristic city of Israel. Some could look at it as Israel's Atlantic City on the Red Sea. Ran Ahinoam tells us most of his guests right now are actually from within Israel and that he's booked through November. But people from outside of Israel are not making their way to Eilat just yet. He also said he actually had to lower prices for rooms because now that the skies are open, Israelis can leave the country for vacation by going to Sinai in Egypt, which is just around the corner, or Europe instead of booking a room just a few hours away from home, like many Israelis did during the intense periods of COVID when the skies were closed. While prices went down for him about 20% since 2021, he says his colleagues in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem are entering high season with a load of tourists coming back to the center of the country, coming in from abroad. He said he can feel the spirit of vacation making a comeback. Tourists come to Israel for many reasons, some religious, some cultural, some to see famous sites like the Dead Sea. One driver of tourism is Birthright Israel. It's a free 10-day trip for young Jews across the world. The idea is to connect them to Israel and connect them to the Jewish people at large by giving them a chance to experience the Holy Land with a first-person view. This May... 14,000 birthright participants just from North America alone came to Israel. Birthright expects to bring in around 30,000 more visitors throughout the summer. 
Rather than dreading the influx of tourists, employees working with them are excited to welcome new faces into the streets of Israel. We spoke to the management team of the Benedict Restaurant on Ben Yehuda Street in Tel Aviv. They mentioned they've been preparing for a rise in tourists, specifically summer birthright groups, like we mentioned, for a long time, and that they love to have an enthusiastic crowd close in age to the restaurant staff members themselves. It was a big difference this summer, like to have all these tourists. Um, I think it was really special, like, uh, it was really touching to see the restaurant, like, uh, full again, and people all over the, all over the world, and, like, uh, hearing different stories from people, and not all, only the, uh, like, the area. While it might be difficult sometimes to accommodate all of these tourists, Israelis are excited to show the world their home and culture. According to the Central Bureau of Statistics, there were close to 300,000 tourists in May of this year alone, with the number predicted to rise as the summer progresses. Given the positive indications, Israel is hoping to see tourism numbers surpass pre-COVID years as well. Tourism officials tell us they hope to see foreigners visit lesser-known cities around the country outside of the better-known Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, which are the top two. Let us know if that report impacted you, if you're having a hard time finding a hotel, if you're coming to Israel, and what your experience is like. We are interested. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. Tel Aviv has a low of 23 degrees Celsius and a high of 29 degrees. That's 73 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 85 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. I also usually add in a few personal anecdotes so you can get the inside scoop on what's going on in my personal life. And I always mention our professional highlights from the Israel Daily News podcast. You can sign up for that on our website at israeldaily.news. Thank you to Michelle Milner for her social media work and our newest interns, Carly Brechner and Amberly Jin for writing some of today's stories. I'll send you off with a song called Para Parim by Ya'ar. Sholian, a talented singer-musician here in Israel. She's working on her next album. We're going to hear this song while we anxiously await for the next. Enjoy it. Have a great and productive day and an excellent weekend. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Lord, shall